Hey there. Welcome to 7th Heaven, a lesbian recap. I'm Lindsay, and I'm joined by my co-host and real-life partner, Carling. We're diving into the 90s hit drama through today's lens. Get ready for our off-the-cuff commentary and peeling back the layers of the Camden family. We'll tackle everything from family rules, life lessons, and 90s fashion. Join us every week for a light-hearted queer perspective and a trip down memory lane. Whether you're a die-hard fan or new to the show, this recap is for you. So find us anywhere you get your podcasts at 7th Heaven, a lesbian recap. And he goes, babe, I'm okay. Why are you crying? I'm like, no, you're not okay. Something happened, Darren. You don't look right. Happy Tuesday, Michelle. <laughs> we don't know that yet. That's true. That we is, don't know if that it's a happy Tuesday. Taking a big old leap of faith. That is very uh, positive thinking of you. We're recording on a Sunday. Who knows what two days from now will bring <laughs> anything? Well, honestly. other than a great podcast. Right? We know that the episode will be amazing. If nothing else, what you are about to hear will be <laughs> life changing. Whoa. Change lives, not guaranteed. <laughs> <laughs> How's it going? How was your week? We virtually taught your children. Oh. Oh. We did. Listen, yeah. woman, I did three days. I know. I appreciate that. I pulled my weight. Well, two days felt like 12. Yeah. Uh, no, they had to learn from home for the first week back to school. It was okay. It wasn't bad. It was better than... Last spring, yeah. for sure. Yeah, I mean, like, the teachers were more organized. Yeah. They had a system in place. Yeah. The kids knew how to use Zoom for the most part. Yeah, it was a lot of, like, get back on your Zoom. Are you supposed to be on a Zoom? Get back on your Zoom. Like, yeah. I had to say that a million times because they would just, like, wander around. or Yes. Like, you can't just, like, get up in the middle of class because they would, like, wander and, like, come and give me a hug. I'm like, you, oh, you can't just my get, out of, like, God. get out of class and hug your mom. Like, <laughs> go sit down. Kids get beat up for that. <laughs> I, I was, but yes, you took on the first day, which yes. was good. And I was I working. Work. Yeah, I was working from home, mm-hmm. from here. Mm-hmm. But one, Adrian got up and started just talking to me about a video game. <laughs> and so I was listening to him and I was also trying to work. And yeah. then all of a sudden I was like, should you be in a Zoom? And he's like, yeah. And I was like, <laughs> go, what is happening right now? turkey butt yeah they take any kind of opportunity they can to not do the work but yeah we survived they go back to school on monday tomorrow yeah tomorrow or yesterday depending on that means tuesday so it will be a good day on tuesday for me i think because it'll be my first day in over three weeks that i don't have any kids home and i don't work really Mm -hmm. i guess because christmas break yeah um but you're gonna and you're gonna get me I am? Yeah. Are you going to be off? Yeah. Well, in <gasps> kind of a double-edged sword, yeah. my work, because our restrictions have been extended, mm-hmm. and so as a way to like preserve the business, my work, um, I have to go down to a four-day work week. Wah, wah. And so like, I have a job, so mm-hmm. yay, mm-hmm. but I have less money now. I know. It's a bummer. Boo. For sure. But I get to see you. Yay. Yay. And I'll feed you. Yeah. So, I mean, I think overall <laughs> it's probably m- better. Nothing much else at work. But, like, my week was pretty good. 
pretty typical, I think. Oh, no. What? My bathroom flooded. I forgot oh about that. Oh, my God. I forgot. <laughs> so, um, yeah, all of a sudden, I could hear water running, and it sounded like someone had turned on the bathtub. That's yeah. how loud it was. The weird... It, do you ever have these things that, like, happen at the same time, and you're like, what is this reality? Like, yeah. what's going on? So, I was listening to a podcast, and then all of a sudden, it turned off, like, out of nowhere. Oh. And then that... The water started out. I was like, what is going on? I'm like, is this real? So then, yeah, I saw that it was. And there was a bunch of water um, just pouring out from the back of, like, from behind Not even the, the bowl. toilet. Like, yeah. It yeah, was... no, it wasn't, like, flooding over. There was nobody in the bathroom. Oh, my God. So water just starts, like, shooting out from behind the toilet. And I'm like, crap. Like, what do I do? And I'm trying to get towels to stop it. But it was filling so fast that it was, like, coming out into the hallway. <gasps> Um, and then, uh, one of my children is very like panic, like she yeah. goes to like She's full got some anxiety panic, like we're all going to drown. Yeah. So that was hard to be like, it's fine, you know, and, like, yeah. cause I get a little bit like, everybody stay calm. <laughs> so I turned off the water at the base of the sink, but I didn't, I was like, I know that there's another turn off, but I couldn't see it. And so I phoned my brother-in-law and he was like, well, it's at the base of the toilet. I was, and it was behind a garbage can, so I couldn't right. see it. So then I turned that off and it stopped and cleaned up all the water and, um, yeah, like used every towel in my house to just dry everything up. And the water had gone down a vent, like into the laundry room, but thankfully the laundry room is, um, linoleum. So it's right. not like carpet or anything like that. And it just went right down the vent. So there's no ceiling damage, but anyways, that was very dramatic this is the benefit of being a renter, though, because your landlords came over right away. And yeah, it. and I mean, they're amazing yeah. landlords. I, like, messaged them, and I was like, just so you know, and, like, it's not, you know, I don't, I didn't think there was really damage or yeah. anything like that, but they came over right away and looked at the pipe that leads to the toilet and got a new one, and now everything's fine. The toilet lead pipe? The toilet pipe. Mm-hmm. You know, that yeah. thing. So, yeah, it's all fixed, but it's Aww. just... One of those things where you're like, I could, I, my husband would know what to do in this situation, yeah. you know? And that's, you did not sign up for this. I did not sign up. Not. Toilet things scare me. I don't, <sighs> if I think the toilet's not going to flush, I get nervous. Uh huh. Uh huh. If the water's getting a little too high, I get nervous. Try living with five children who all use a toilet. Yeah. And like the amount of times that my toilet is plugged. Oh. Or. Yeah, it's... Yeah, not good. I did not anticipate how many toilet issues we would have Yeah, with that many children. Yeah. Wow. But that's the thing. It's like, when am I going to stop dealing with other people's body fluids? Yeah. And will there ever be a day where nobody in my house cries? No. Never. No, because by the time your youngest start to get out of that more tantrumy phase. Uh-huh. Your oldest are going through puberty. Uh-huh. Yeah. We got hormones for yeah. days. Yeah. Like there were there'll literally not be a day in my life where there's not somebody crying in my house. Oof. <laughs> wow. Well I had a Yeah, fine. how was your week? It was fine, I think. Like it was like my job thing kind of sucks. Uh-huh. I'm a little stressed about that. Uh-huh. Um today in a turn of events, I slept in. Yeah, you, I was don't, you gonna, don't do that. No, I'm usually like up, I'm busy, yeah. I like to get up and go. And I was going to get to your house for 9.30 so we had time to hang out before mm-hmm. we did anything. Mm-hmm. 
And I woke up at 9.30. Yeah. I know. That's funny. And, but, I, and I had already been to the grocery store and everything. Yeah, we switched spots. I know. <laughs> that's not usually what happens. No. It's usually you, like, get here and I'm just rolling out of bed. Yeah. And, it was weird. Yeah. So anyway, I just, like, literally, no makeup, ran out of the house. And then when I got to Starbucks, I feel bad because this guy was driving and we were approaching each other at the intersection. So he turned okay. right to go into Starbucks and I had to turn left to get into the parking lot. Okay. And I was annoyed because he was driving really slow. Mm. Sure enough, he was also going to Starbucks. So then he got in the drive through in front of me and I was annoyed because I was running <laughs> late. Um, but then he paid for my coffee and Aww, your coffee. that's so sweet. I like got up to the window and um, the lady was like, oh, that guy in front paid for your coffee today. And I then I instantly felt bad. Yeah. And I was like, oh, well, thanks. <laughs> Did you, was there anybody behind you? No. Okay. <laughs> No, I, yeah, like, I would have. That's so awkward. Like, you would have paid for the person behind you. I think so. Would you have? Well, I'd have been like, what did they get? What did What's they get? What's their total? Is it less than this $9 total? Um, I've never had anyone do that for me. I've had it happen a lot. Yeah. And when I was getting a lot of Starbucks points, mm-hmm. um, I couldn't use them at my downtown Starbucks because it was, like, not, it was, like, in a hotel, so it was, like, affiliated with, anyway, you okay. couldn't use your points. Yeah. So I would always have all these points. So when I had enough for a free coffee, I would use my points for the whoever was behind oh, me that's nice. at the drive-thru. Yeah. That's you nice. know, I just like to do my part. You did, and you had a you did a little like room makeover this week. I did yeah, I did. I decided to paint my room. Mm-hmm. So it went from like a tan and taupe color yeah. to white and like midnight blue. Mm-hmm, that's really I think pretty. it's called like nocturnal blue and whisper white. Whisper, whisper white. Whisper. So it's that was pretty. good. It's very pretty. You got a few little decorative you things. Ordered, you surprised me with some decor. I did. I got new... I have a shopping problem. Yes. I got new curtains. Uh-huh. That's awesome. Yeah. So I don't know. A little fresh. And speaking of fresh, you look really good in what you're wearing right now. Well, so do you. Thanks. Well, where'd you get that? Well, <laughs> it's my favorite <laughs> podcast. OMG. Guys, we have merch. Woo-hoo, we have merch. We've had people for quite a few months now saying, when are you guys getting merch? Yeah. I want this on a t-shirt. Um, and, you know, we've sort of said, like, ah, I don't know. Like, when do you decide to yeah. get merch? Like, are we big enough yet? And so... And obviously we are. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so we did some research over the holidays and built out a, a store site. And so we have... So today we launched it on we Sunday. Did, yeah. Um, so if you... And so we also have a website now. Yes. Where you can get all of our episodes. Yeah. So if you go to I did not sign up for this dot CA mm-hmm. because we're Canadian um, under... There's either a drop down menu if you're on your phone or right at the top banner on your computer. It'll say we've got merch. And when you click that, it takes it to our store. Yeah. So we literally have like water bottles, hoodies, coffee cups, toques dog bandanas dog bandanas tote bags masks onesies onesies for little babies pillows pillows pillow covers yeah and um for the next five days if you order anything you get 15 percent off next five days starting january 10th yes so so if you're hearing the 10th this on, to the 15th yeah you have 15 percent off our store so check it out we would love it if you bought something and took a picture and and tagged us mm-hmm. in it. And then we also decided to do a Patreon promo. Yes. So if you are an active Patreon member as of February 5th, um, we are going to do a draw for one person. And 
you'll get to pick anything from our store. Yeah. And we will buy it for you and send it to you. Yeah. So if you've been thinking about becoming a Patreon, there's over 18 bonus episodes. It's $5 a month. And now you also, what's your face? My kids are basically doing like races in the hallway <laughs> right outside of our door. I like looked over and I was like, am I doing something No, I was wrong? annoyed because all I'm hearing is like, it is very loud. Okay. Apologies. Um, okay. So you go to patreon.com slash I did not sign up for this. It's a $5 um, monthly support to us. And, uh, you get all these bonus episodes and now you will also be entered into a draw. So any of our active patrons currently, as long as you're still a patron on February 5th, you'll be entered as well. So, um, I'm excited. So check out our store and pick out what you would, what you'd order if you win. I think our stuff is really cute. Honestly, you did a really good job designing it. Thank you. I designed all this stuff and yeah. And picked the products, and um, it's cute. And and comfy. Super comfy. We're, I'm wearing a t-shirt wearing, and a hoodie oh, right see, now. I'm wearing a hoodie, and it's really comfy. And you're wearing a toque. A toque. A beanie. A beanie on my head. Um, And yeah, it's really comfy. And I mean, I just like the slogan is perfect. I did not sign yeah. up for this, right? That yeah. could mean everything. So. Yeah. But anyway, guys, today anyway. you're about to listen to Tracy. Her fiance having a stroke Mm -hmm. and what their sort of journey has been like since and like it's crazy yeah yeah Yeah. crazy she's so lovely Um, and I mean so like strong and vulnerable and you know just shared yeah every aspect of of their journey if you have a stroke I'll read you our love story every day I'd show up and be like we met in grade 10, we've never fought. <laughs> we've ne- Everything's been perfect. I love um, it. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, let's get to it because it's a longer episode. All so right. Enjoy. Enjoy. Hello, Tracy. Hello, Carling and... Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it's Michelle. <laughs> Michelle. I knew it. Michelle, I'm sorry. No, that's okay. I wrote down your name three different times before I like I wrote it a few different ways. Um, and then I was like, no, I really gotta remember that her name is Tracy. I really thought that I was going to mess up on saying Carly and not Carling. Oh, yeah. The opposite, and now I forgot Michelle's I'm so so sorry. No, no, it's all good. Oh my god. I would have laughed if you called me Carly because when I was growing up, I was mortified that my name was different than everybody else's. And so I insisted people call me Carly until I got to high school and was like wanting to be unique. And then I was like, guys, don't call me Carly anymore. Like my full <laughs> name's Carling. And then I embraced it. But if you, there's a lot of people that still call me Carly because I met them in yeah. um, elementary or junior high. I absolutely love it. So I am glad that you came into and a realization that you loved it too. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, good. I was going to say good morning. I The last three interviews, I've said good morning, but it's been afternoon. Oh, no, sorry. It, who knows what time it is, right? So yeah. with, with what we're going through now, right? Who knows? <laughs> I know. That is true. It is morning for us. It's 11 for us, but that's one for you, right? Right. That's right. Uh, it's one right now for me. Awesome. Whereabouts in Ontario are you? So I'm in a small town, McGregor, which I usually tell people Windsor, Ontario, um so southern southern tip of ontario yeah um, but just outside the city in a small town called mcgregor oh nice i'm from sarnia originally oh great so you know where yeah. i'm talking about then. yeah 
It's so interesting. We've interviewed a lot of people that either are in Ontario or from Ontario. Yeah. And it's so wow. funny because Michelle's always like, oh yeah, I know that. And like, <laughs> I actually, I don't think I've ever been to Ontario. That's like the one province I have never been to. And I wish I had left my province to see more of Canada because I haven't seen any other province in, really? in Canada. I know it's sad. So, you know, once travel can happen again, that would be on my top list of things yeah. to do. Do travel and see more Canada. Well, head out West and come and visit us. <laughs> awesome. Well, we're super excited to chat with you today. Why don't we get started by like, introduce yourself, tell us like who you are, what you do, where you're from. Okay. Uh, so as I said, I'm Tracy Brigg. Um, I'm 37. Uh, and I, uh, yes, I live in McGregor. I am a, ta- a small town girl. I am not a city girl. So love my small towns, born and raised um, county. And I work at Costco at the pharmacy and for 17 years. So pretty much, yeah, a good portion of my, of my life so far has been around healthcare. So, uh, and I love it difficult right now, but that's okay. I mean, I'm an essential worker and I'm not the only one that's an essential worker working right now in this crazy pandemic, but you know, definitely, uh, it's been challenging, but I also have a music background. Uh, it's actually how I met my husband. We uh, met through music. He was in a band and I just, I, I love, love to sing and loved music. And that's kind of how we met. So music has always been a part, a part of me as well. Ah, interviewed a girl um, like back in April uh, who I won't confirm or deny if it's Costco, but she also works for a pharmacy. We just called it a big box store. She I was like, may not have listened to that podcast oh. <laughs> <laughs> so funny um, the first one I happened upon ironically oh that's so oh, funny, that's funny yeah. she was like I don't know if I should say the store and I was like we'll just call it the big box store but like yeah. there were so many references where we were like it was pretty obvious <laughs> you did a fabulous job of not disclosing by the way but um, <laughs> I mean, people can can make that assumption or decision on their own. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Awesome. That's great. And so how long have you um, known your husband? So, okay. So my husband and I met in 2009, technically, both in separate relationships um, at the time. And I literally walked into a bar with some girlfriends and he was playing in his band. Aww. Um, and having having some liquid courage, uh, <laughs> my girlfriend's knowing I love to sing. They said you should go up there and sing a song. Um, so I did. Got up there. I said, uh, "Hey, can I sing with you guys?" Um, and my husband, whose name's Darren, uh, he goes, "If you know any songs on our set list, you can sing some." And I'm horrible, horrible with song titles. Oh no! Um, oh yeah, no, like. Putting a, to- a song title to an artist, oh gosh, uh, I still have <laughs> a hard time doing it. So I really just looked at the list, dumbfounded, going, all right, I'll choose this one. And I picked All Summer Long by Kid Rock. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So that's where we met. And um, he actually asked me, he asked me for it for my phone number. And I thought he was hitting on me. He wasn't. He wanted me to audition or try out for the band and sing, but I, I turned him down because I thought he was sitting on me and I was in another relationship. So I walked out of that bar that night thinking I would never see him again. 
And then a whole month later, so that was September 2009, October around Halloween, walked into the same bar. He was there again and recognized me and said, you're that girl that came up and sang a month ago, aren't you? And I was like, oh my gosh, yeah. And he said, I really think you're good. Please, can I have your number and can you, can I get a hold of you and you try out and like, have you sang in bands before? I said, absolutely no experience, no idea what I'm doing, but I, I love singing. And that kind of went from there. I was in, I was in the, the pretty much end of a falling failed relationship um, at that time. And it, it naturally ended on its own. And the new year um, is when I reached or he reached out to me and said, like, I'm not quite sure if you who know, remember who I am, but, you know, have you still been thinking about trying out? And I said, you know what? I had got, I, I was broken up with my boyfriend at the time and looking at, I had to move back home and it was that whole tail between your legs sort of deal, feeling like defeated and failed uh, yeah. in all aspects, right? And knew I needed to try something for just me. So I said, absolutely. And that's kind of where our friendship started was through music. And it was amazing. amazing. I love that. So did you end up singing in the band with him? Yeah. So fast forward a few months and we practiced and practiced and practiced and practiced and had so much fun doing it. Um, so it was me, another man, a guy singer, a drummer, and then Darren who plays guitar. And we played our first gig in March of 2010. And then it never stopped. The ball rolled on since then. Like it, we, we played so much through that, that summer. Um, I bought my first house that summer felt like I was just trying to live my best life. I never had confidence. I was a person that didn't want to try new things because I just felt like I didn't want the fear of failure and that fear of that. And just having that fear alone, just, it consumed me for the longest time. And at that time in my life, I was starting to really um, figure myself out, figure out what I loved, what I wanted to do. And now having been able to buy my my own home and like just live my life for me was incredible. And Darren ended up uh, ending uh, in his relationship soon, soon after that. Um, and then went on a whole nother year, us playing in the band. And at that time, like, it was just like, we were best friends. Like he helped me with some amazing advice. Um, helped me through some really hard times, um, in general, just with life and I could count on them. And I, I knew that really quickly early on in our friendship and naturally a friendship turned to a relationship. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I don't want to be the typical, what do you call that? Um, uh, poster relationship for bands where the singer and the oh, guitar yeah. together, right? <laughs> what was it like the Fleetwood Mac scenario? Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I meant to ask you what 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 genre of music is it? So for for the beginning, we played just cover music, so cover okay. songs, classic rock mostly, but everything, uh, every genre. We tried to be all encompassing so that our audience had something that they would love or or like, you know, to hear. So yeah. we did a little country, a little pop, um, and a lots of classic rock because I love. I love my classic rock <laughs> where I couldn't have born and been born in the eighties. I would always say that uh, yeah. I should have been able to live the eighties. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, so we played, we played mostly cover and Darren, my husband, he's a songwriter himself. He just, he's an incredible songwriter. So he wrote and wrote and would 
lay down track. That's his, was his passion. And he got me into it, into writing with him and into, um, eventually we started, um, recording our own music, which was pretty cool. That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. Wow. I love that. And so, so I found your story, um, on Instagram and you talked about Darren had a stroke. Is that right? Yes. So first off, isn't that incredible how our stories reach people like across the world, essentially? Yeah. Yeah. Social media, like it's so wireless to me. I never, th- you never think that what you're going to post, someone might be reading it and that, you know, paying attention or something, right? But yes, yeah, so I moved in with Darren, and um, like I'd said in 2015, so so it's 2015 now. So um, I think we've been living together at that point for about a year or so, and I still had my own place. I rented out. We started writing our own music. And, you know, typical relationship things. I was like, hello, shit. Or, oh, I swore. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, you, better, you better make a decision, sir, because the is <laughs> younger, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, and not that it matters, but I will add this little side tip. Um, my husband's um, quite a bit older than I am. You wouldn't probably maybe necessarily think so if you were to see us in pictures, but uh, he's, he's older than me. <laughs> Um, so I don't know it's not that I need to mention that but it's uh it's it's part of the story so I thought I would mention that there so he has been married before so maybe not so important to him as it was to me but I thought you know I think we're we want to be together forever so what are we going to do here (laughs) so that that Christmas of 2015 uh he proposed Um, and I, him and I were going to be hosting Christmas, uh, together, having our families come to our place for Christmas. So he proposed on Christmas day, Christmas morning and celebrated with everybody coming there, told everybody it was like amazing. It was just, it was wonderful. And the engagement part is a whole other like funny story. I won't go way into detail on that, but it was pretty funny how he proposed to me too, because so barren like fashion the next day. So I had mentioned I work at Costco. I had to work boxing day. So I went into work, kind of left Darren. Um, he had fallen asleep on the couch that night. We were watching movies. So I went to work excited to tell everybody the news to my coworkers. It was a great day. Uh, it started out as a great day and I would call, I called home. Like I naturally would called home, check in, see how he's doing. And he didn't answer the phone. So I thought, okay, well, no big deal. He's probably in the studio playing some music. And then I called a little while later, maybe maybe an hour or so. No answer again. And I'm like, what the heck? Texted him a couple times, nothing. And then I called him one more time and he picked up the phone and he sounded goofy. Like he was saying weird things that didn't really make a lot of sense, but he wasn't stumbling on his words. It just didn't string together as like, making sense huh he weird yeah i was just like what are you doing where have you been i've been trying to call he's like nothing i'm sleeping and i thought he was kind of messing with me uh, because we like to play a little pranks on each other so i kind of got a little annoyed and i was like whatever kind of like deal you know okay well i'm gonna be home soon he goes when are you gonna be home i said in an hour and he he said call me from your car phone and i'm not quite sure but that bothered me yeah, yeah. I could have some people when I tell tell this part of the story, some people thought, oh, well, maybe he thought cell phone, but for whatever reason, it sounded so off to me. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe a little bit of a, but okay. And I brushed it off. I came home and he was upstairs sleeping, which that was my second weird feeling moment. Mm-hmm. But again, I rationalized it to, oh, well, maybe he was tired, which again, Darren was never really like one to take naps or stuff, but that's fine. I mean, we're talking 530. I was hungry. I grabbed something to eat. I come downstairs. I watch a movie. And then at the end of the movie, I picked the movie and now I'm not going to be able to remember the the title of it, but I found that very um, ironic that I picked that movie. It was about uh, some, a girl who has Alzheimer's, early onset Alzheimer's Oh, um, and memory loss and um, with the family. And it was, it was awful. I was crying. I remembered, okay, what the heck? I hear him up there rustling around. Why isn't he up yet? So I go upstairs. I flick the light on and the whole room is torn apart. The <gasps> blankets are torn off the bed. Like I'm talking fitted sheet, everything rolled up all, all in a ball. The phone is ripped completely out of the wall. So like the actual socket where the phone plugs in is ripped out of the wall. Oh my God. The headset ripped apart. The portable phone, like the batteries on one end. I'm going, what? the heck and he's in the center of the mattress sleeping but I, I go Darren wake up what's going on and he's again mumbling his words he's not saying anything and I said to him again wake up and now I'm panicked and now I'm uh, getting um like upset yeah and so I throw the threatening I'm gonna call your mother if you don't wake up kind of Adam thinking that might yeah. like jerk him up and when he, he sat up and he opened his eyes and I instantly knew because one eye uh, pupil was blown and oh. the other pupil was shrunk down to like a pin. So oh my God. I, I, didn't, I didn't right away think stroke, but I knew we all know like, okay, something happened. Yeah. But at this point he could talk to me. He knew my name. He knew where he lived. But then when I asked him the events of the day, I specifically said, what happened? He said, my dad came over and then the nurse came in and she shot me up with some drugs. What? I was like, what are you talking about? So now I'm crying and he goes, babe, I'm okay. Why are you crying? I'm like, no, you're not okay. Something happened, Darren. You don't look right. Something happened. And he tried to get up. He goes, I've got to go to the bathroom. He tried to get up, but he couldn't walk. Oh my God. And then I hooked the phone up. I called 911. His mom thankfully lives only five minutes away from us. I said, Carol, you need to get here right now. Um, Something's wrong with Darren. So she, she, she came over, drove over fast. She was here before the ambulance came and she, the same thing, Tracy, something's not right. I go, I know he, she, he knew he could say his mom's name. And then when the ambulance came, we get to the hospital and then it went downhill from there. And did the paramedics um, know right away? Like, I don't know. Well, what, do you, what do you say to 911? Like something. Well, we been alone. Of every question they had for me, I couldn't answer. Yeah. Because yeah. I was with him. So they asked, what was your last memory of being with him? And I said, he was sleeping. I left him sleeping. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what happened. And uh, I said, I don't know when the stroke could have happened because that's the main thing they want to know, right? With stroke, time is of the essence. So if they can give you the clot busting drug for a, for a stroke, um, they but they can only do that within a, a certain period of time. 
So that's why they kept like hammering home to me the question of like, well, okay, so what, when did you have suspicions? I, I, and I couldn't, I couldn't give them an answer. Oh. Um, Sarah couldn't answer because like yeah. he had no rough time frame of, or rec- like really a, awareness of what was going on. The guy, the paramedic, when he came, he did think it could be a stroke, but he couldn't confirm nor deny it. Right. So right. Um, he goes, you know, I, I can't say right now, we need to get him to the hospital and we need to get him um, a CT scan right away. So we drove, obviously followed them and we got there and, you know, they do the tests that they do. You see the tests where they, you know, touch your finger to your nose and look at the pictures and tell me what you see, like a house, a dog, a plane, you know, those types of things, like simple cognitive tests. And he, he, he did it the first time. Fine. He kept wanting to fall asleep, go to sleep. And I kept thinking about movies when they think you don't let them go to sleep. Yeah. No, don't go to sleep. You can't go to sleep. Look at me. Talk to me. Uh, I was doing everything I could to just like keep him there with me. And, and then the nurse would come in and she would do it again and it would get a little bit worse. And then I think it, the first time it hit me was when the third time she came in to do it, he didn't know who I was. Whoa, no. And he looked like, um, I said I wasn't going to cry on this. I said I would be doing really good. I'm not going to cry. I mean, that's um, just trauma. Like, yeah, like he, he, you could tell in his face that he knew who I was, but he couldn't, it's like he couldn't say the word. He couldn't say my name. And it would just, and then he, when he finally fell, fell asleep, that was it. He didn't wake up. For the next, I think, 48 hours, he was out and you were, he had a CT scan and it was clear and he had blood work and it was clear. And he, and now mind you, I didn't mention this, but I mean, Darren and I were, I don't want to say an epitome of health, but we took health very seriously. Yeah. yeah. Another thing besides music, we loved going to the gym together. Like we loved meeting up after work or before work together. We would spend our weekends, you know, going to the gym and then going for breakfast. Like we kept our health healthy now, our, our health important, sorry. And another thing to, for me to mention too, is that Darren was very aware of his health because he suffered a heart condition at 15. So he had uh, a coarctation of the aorta, which is a narrowing of the aorta. Oh. And, um, he had to have surgery at 15. He almost died. So at 15, it was hammered home. Like, no, you should, you're not to smoke. You drink, you don't do drugs. You need to keep your health self and your cardiovascular health uh, health up to speed because like you have this, you could, you have this condition, right? So, I mean, he was healthy. The guy took care of himself. So this was all of a stunner and of confusion and question. Like even the tests were coming back and they go, Darren's our mystery man. I mean, we can't figure this out. And as much as that was nice to hear, I was also getting frustrated because I wanted answers. Yeah. That's great and all, but hello, what's wrong with him? And why can't you figure it out? It wasn't till, and then the, and you know, doctors coming in and doing their job, but also you hear things like, you know, you have to, you're going to have to come to a realization that, you know, he first, there is a chance he might not wake up. You don't know what he's, what you're going to have or happen when he does wake up or what what you're going to have to see, you know, with him. So, okay, I'm going to swallow that, that one and try to regurgitate that a little bit, but you know, you're in that, you're in that shock state of shock mode where you're hearing the words, but they're not really sinking in. 
And was um, his mom with you the whole time? Yes. So as soon as I had gone to the hospital, I called my mom too. And my mom came, came down to the hospital to be with us. So I had my mom, I had his mom there. I refused to leave the hospital during yeah. the whole time until we had answers. I had, I, I slept, I ate and slept there. Like it, I did not leave. When they finally did an MRI, the neurologist did say, okay, we see he had a stroke. It's confirmed. It's is that stroke. is that typical that it took that long to confirm? No, that it wasn't typical. Normally with a CT scan, especially with a typical stroke, you see the stroke on the CT scan. Darren had um, a dissection in his left vertebral artery. So we have two main arteries coming up from our, uh, into our neck, eventually come together into the back of the brain, the back of the head. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, your left side, you have left, uh, the right side. Now on arteries, I'm explaining this so that I, and anybody who can, who listens, um, if they don't know what our arteries are like, it, they are like a multi layers, like kind of like an onion in the innermost layer of his left artery um, he had a small tear, which they call a dissection. And you can have these small tears all over. Like, and they happen just from, they could happen from injury. They can happen from sport. You fall down, you could have these small little tears. Now, normally these small little tears, they just repair themselves. Just like if you were to cut yourself, you know, how your body heals that, that injury or that cut in that area, same idea. And they're just tiny, like micro tears. But this is like the the likelihood of someone having the stroke is like one in a million. I don't even really know what the statistic is. Wow. I know I looked it up at one time, but it's so unlikely. So he has this small dissect, this small little tear. The tear is like a little flap and it stops the blood every once in a while from flowing through. And at some point that day, the blood had was stopped prohibited from flowing through just enough and just a long enough a time for a little tiny clot to just form because that's what blood does, right? When it pulls to an area to try to heal it, it wants to clot that area so that it heals it. Well, it, a small little clot formed right there. And then just, and just if you moved a certain weight, that clot broke off and traveled and caused a stroke. Oh my gosh. That's and, terrifying. That is so scary. I'm glad you said one in a million because now I'm going to worry that that's going to happen to me like every day. <laughs> you, know, you know what? And that's the thing too, right? Because how did you think, you know, that's naturally how I thought. Like, yeah. okay, if that's the case, how the hell am I, sorry, if that's a swear oh. word. Oh, <laughs> oh no, hell's fine. How in the am I supposed to just go on living life now knowing that he didn't do anything wrong in the first place? This can just happen again. Yeah, um, man. And, and that's, that's the whole, I mean, that's not the whole point, but that's life, right? Yeah. You, just, you don't know what is going to happen or why things happen. I mean, we went through the next few months in a hot, basically being in a hospital. So I took two weeks off of work and, and I, like I lived at the hospital for those two weeks and then. He got moved to a rehab center, um, like an off, off-site location of the hospital that we went to. He could stay for longer term for, for therapy and stuff. And I, was, I went back to work full time during this. I would get up. I would go to the hospital. I would go to work. I would come home. Or I would get up, go to the work, go to work, go to the hospital and come home. Like That was my life for the next like six months. I spent every waking moment I could at the hospital with him. If I could have slept there, I would. There were nights that I did sleep there and it was traumatic. Like the things he went through. So with Darren, 
his physical. So when we think of stroke, we think paralyzed, right? Like yeah. normally when if someone has a stroke, one of the sides of their body is paralyzed. They go through that. Um, and some other obviously ailments and things like that also with along with that. But with Darren, uh, it, in the beginning, it was hard for him to walk, but that came so quickly. He was never really paralyzed on one side or the other. He just, it was hard for him to get up to walk. When that, re- when that, um, came about and he was able to walk, um, it, the things that he struggled with were, uh, cognitive issues. Um, so even like just having awareness of like where he was, what had happened and really what year it was. He was so uh, detached and even had hallucinations. So really, feel, I feel like he was living in another realm in, in a way. Wow. If I, if I can try and like try to describe what he was feeling, obviously I can't speak for him, but yeah. that's what it seemed like. He um, suffered from extreme memory loss. So at this point, he can say my name, like he can remember my name, but he can't place me as who I am in his life. So at this point, we had been together for four years as a couple. I'd known him for longer, but I, as a couple for four years and he couldn't, he thought I was a nurse. Like he he thought I was uh, a friend at sometimes, um, a nurse. Um, and then, you know, there'd be times that he would think or remember, or say he knew that I was his girlfriend, hers, he did not, definitely did not remember that we were engaged. So I was his fiance. So that's interesting. So every day it was different. His sort of like understanding of who you were was different. Exactly. And what about other, like his mom who he had known longer? So it was almost like he had pressed a reset button of 10 years. Wow. It seemed like he, if anything, he, if he was trying to recall memories, it was from like 10 years prior and like later, basically our entire relationship. So it kind of like erased me, but his mom, his dad, family, he knew he could remember for sure. Um, but he was like bringing up memories of like childhood of, uh, adolescence of like in his twenties, like, it's almost like so Darren had the stroke and when he was 50 and it was like, he thought he was like 35. Wow. He thought he was like 35, maybe 40, but like definitely not 50. I mean, that's still the case. <laughs> wow. but, um, so how was that? How did that feel? Like I, my automatic, like just knowing me, I feel like I would have a bit of resentment about that. Oh, resentment. And, and times like a hundred, like my, my initial fear, well, beyond, besides the fact that I, uh, that he would erase me from his memory, that I would be gone is that he would replace me in his mind with someone else. So I really had that fear of like, so he had been married before I'd mentioned briefly, and it was a, it was very traumatic for him going through that. It was a short lived marriage, but it was very impactful for him. He was like in love with her and he got his heart broken. So moving through that, you know, he, he got through it and everything, but you know, life, things that you've been through in life, they stay with you. You learn from them, you grow from them, but they're still a part of your story. Right. Imagine, imagine just feeling like that's where you're at though, that that's where you're currently in is in that moment. Oh, God. And having total disregard for everything that has happened since then. Yeah. 
every once in a while, he would call me by his ex's name. And I would instantly get that fear of like, oh my God, you think I'm her? Yeah. Like, and is that, is that what this is going to be now? Like, am I going to just have to just accept the fact that because I love you and I, I would never think of leaving you that I have to be okay with the fact that I might in your mind be someone else. Oh my gosh. Wow. Like, it was terrifying. It was uh, heartbreaking. This was like this, our relationship besides the, the typical and the uh, obvious had changed me. Like Darren is an incredible man. Like the, this man is just like, he was, he's my, he's my soulmate. Like, I know that sounds so corny. I swear I would be like, never ever say that, but (laughs) so much besides the fact that we were even a couple, like he always pushed me to like do things I was scared of, give myself more credit, say I'm, I'm worth way more than I give myself credit for. And that more capable than I even, even realize, And that support back and forth, he never let me give up. And in turn, I never let him give up as well. So having known that, like I had my foundation in him and in our, in our relationship. So it wasn't a matter of like, I can't do this. It was how am I going to do this? How am I going to get through this? When you were talking about him thinking that maybe you were a nurse, just a little, maybe, maybe it's not funny, but uh, to me, I'm thinking that he's thinking you're like the most dedicated nurse ever. (laughs) Oh, oh yeah. Like, (laughs) Like, why is this girl always here? (laughs) It's funny that you picked up on that or that you mentioned that because, okay, first off, humor is one of the main things that I have that can get me through. So I, I encourage humor in all of us. And when I laugh, some people might think it's like, I laugh at the inappropriate things, but that's what gets me through. Laughter is everything. Just like laughing through trauma. Yeah. Right. Like, come on. It's, it's, it's like, it's like laughing at the irony, like really God. Yeah. Seriously? <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. We brought that up. It was funny. One time when I come in to see Darren, uh, and at this point, all the nurses knew who I was um, because I was present for all the shifts. So I would come in in the mornings or I would be coming in the afternoons. I'd come in on the weekends. So I kind of got to know all the different nurses on each shift. I'd come in, i go, okay, ladies, what are the funny stories today? Or what am I going to fear that you're going to tell me today? Because like, again, (laughs) I could be here. We could talk this whole podcast on the stories and things that Darren has said and done while he was in the hospital. Oh, I swear wow. I read a book about it. It's hilarious. Oh my God. <laughs> um, so how long so was he in the hospital? He was in the hospital from January of 2016 until uh, June of that year. Wow. He went from being in the hospital into rehab into a different rehab center in London, Ontario that focused specifically on traumatic brain injuries I mean, for every place he was at, I'm grateful for, but it, it just made it so, it, it just, it was hard, As, especially with him being so far at that point away, because I still had work. So yeah. traveling to get there, but he was in the hospital. Yeah. Since till June. So what is that? Six months. Yeah. Wow. And how was your work with it all? First off my work, they were very understanding, uh, very accommodating. I didn't really, I love my job and I love who I work with. So I also felt a need to not put them out uh, as well, but I, I did, I wanted to be, I wanted to be strong in my mind. That meant you can do this Tracy and you can do it all. You can, 
will work. You can take care of your husband. Do you really think that you're the only person in the world that has this situation like this? People probably have it worse yep. or have had it worse. So what makes you think like, you know, I was playing that sort of dialogue in my head. Yeah. Um, but in reality, I was pretty much burning the candle at both ends. Like, yeah. It really was. I mean, I had a ton of support. Um, I had his mother helping me. Um, and in her, and she was also going there every single day too. Wow. So if I couldn't be there, she was there. When Darren came home, uh, that summer, I was scared to death. Yeah. I thought no way you can send him home with me. He's not well, he's not better. Yeah. He, he came home and I had to have somebody be in the home with him 100% of the time. So thankfully, uh, his mother was that person. She would come before I left for work and she would leave when I got home. She would be there all, the whole 24 seven. The time I wasn't there, she was there because wow. there was fear of falling him because of his memory loss. He had no idea what, um, where things were, where things were at, um, total, total disregard of like, okay. So you you had to imagine like, okay, go make a sand. Okay. First of all, you're hungry in our minds. We could probably think about four things that we would want to eat. He couldn't think of anything. It was like, he couldn't create a thought of like, I know I'm hungry because my body's telling me I'm hungry. But if I asked him point blank, what do you want to eat? That was too broad of a question. Wow. I needed to narrow down everything, everything. So giving him not just options, but minimizing the options on top of that, giving him only three options, like really making it simple and concise. And then if he could decide on which item he wanted, it was then now let's figure out how we're going to make that. Like even a sandwich, like subconsciously we, we create these, these, um, things that we do every day, we don't even realize how, how much we are actually doing without thinking about it. Right. Yeah. And so and for him, it was re- restarting everything. So can you talk a bit about what kind of progress was there made from his initial hospitalization to going home? Like had he, pro- he obviously progressed enough that the medical staff thought the next phase was to move him home. So so mainly the physical physicality of it. So like I said, he wasn't paralyzed, but coordination was an issue and his vision was an issue. So we got him glasses. We got in with a physical therapist where she was like, he's passing the flying colors. Now he's getting a little bit of his coordination back. He was a hockey player. So they did like little drills with him to figure out how he could like get his coordination. That was good. Another main issue was his behavioral part, the cognitive part. So he would have extreme, extreme outbursts, like um, delusional outbursts. Um, One moment he would be so, so angry, and the next minute he'd be bawling his eyes out. Um, Being able to place that was really difficult. Um, His, um, and his memory, right? But like the memory is the hardest part. the brain is an incredible organ. I mean, I'm still learning things about the brain. It just fascinates me. Mm-hmm. But to say, you know, this is where Derek. So in June, we were pretty much told, which which angers me still to this day. I was told, and I and I won't name names or places or anything like that, just for the sake of there's no point. Um, but 
I was told by by a uh, by a nurse um, that you're going to have to just accept that what you see is what you're going to get. And I remember wanting to punch that person in the face (laughs) because I I knew where they were trying to come from, but I felt like it was just um, said completely in the wrong context at the wrong time. Um, And I I understand now what that person was trying to tell me, but um, I also don't even agree with that even to this day, because who can ever say besides God that what you see is what you get or what you're yeah, getting. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I mean, there are I've heard, heard, and heard, heard, heard in front of you. amazing stories, right? Yeah. I'm sorry. I think I cut you off. Oh, no, no, no. I think I was interrupting you. <laughs> <laughs> I was just saying that miracles like happen all the time, right? Like right in front of your face, you can be told something will never happen and then it will, right? Especially in the medical field yeah you, you never want to hear the this is what you're gonna get yeah exactly I mean that was kind of what dumbfounded me when I heard that so I think it is really what maybe in the moment I needed a kick in the butt um just to like say you got you you've got to keep going like mm-hmm. you, you can't give up because I felt like not only was I burning the end uh, candle at both ends but I felt like I was running out of options and I didn't know where to go or who to seek out, I felt incapable. I started feeling that fear and that doubt kind of sink in. And then when that person said that, I was like, no, like explicit word here. You, uh, I really was like, no, absolutely not. I can't accept that as an answer. I really didn't even mention this before, but I told you what type of stroke he had. At this point, I still had not been told how Darren had the stroke. Oh, I was stroke, but nobody could seem to give me an answer of how it happened uh, until he was in London. And because he was in London, he couldn't see the neurologist that he was seeing at the time in Windsor upon other uh, health professionals. He had to see different ones in London. So we got a new neurologist when we were there. And this gentleman, I give so much praise and like love for and gratefulness for because he was the first doctor to sit me down and physically on his computer show me where the stroke happened in Darren's brain and how and explain it to me like I could I just explained to you yeah I cried with tears of like joy and thankfulness because I had never been I was swallowing that pill of accepting that I guess I'll never know and it was such a hard pill to swallow it it was like never knowing what would sometimes just like keep me up at night and kill me like it it just was killing me to not yeah. to not have an answer yeah. so I feel like I went on a tangent I don't remember oh, no. my thought no so so then we were talking about so once he went home what okay. was sort of so now the nurses said this is what you get and you didn't accept that so this was this started my journey and what has propelled continuing my journey still to this day of finding ways to help Darren keep improving. So what what did that look like? For a little while, we had an occupational therapist coming into the home and helping us and giving us some advice, some ideas of what we could do in the home to help him. Um, Because we want, our main goal is to get his independence, right? This was our main goal, was to get some independence back. Of mine, of course, was I seriously, and I can't say that I still don't have this, um, this thought to this day, but I really lived in a, in a idea that 
one day he's just going to wake up and everything is going to snap and go back. Yeah. Like he's just wake up one day and he's going to be like, Hey, what happened? Like yeah. I thought that maybe that possibility was there. It was like, you know, you never can never say never. And I always went, I always like kind of leaned on that. But in that regard, you know, I was having an occupational therapist tell me like, okay, well, he is likely always going to have memory loss. This is going to be a reality with him. He is going to always struggle with short-term memory loss. So we have to figure out ways that we are going to help him with that. Creating a calendar. Well, what can we do? So we did things, all things, having whiteboards in the kitchen with a grid of like what day it was, what year it was, and just simple like, did you, because another thing I'm still working. So uh, for me to ask him, like, did you eat today? Did you shower? Did mm-hmm. you brush your teeth? He couldn't answer that for me. Like, you can't mm-hmm. remember what it is. So I was trying to figure out ways that I could help me and also help him. Yeah. Um, so that I could have some peace and know that he is like taking care of himself. Because at some point, his mom didn't need to be there anymore. He He was getting to the point where he was able to get up and go to the fridge and like, at least know he could open the fridge and grab something to eat mm-hmm. and go to the, oh, he would see bread on the counter. Oh, I can make toast. Like no. I was seeing those improvements. And then I could eventually have a conversation on the phone with him while I'm at work saying, Hey, what you doing? And he'd say, Oh, I'm up. I'm going to grab something to eat. I go, would you want me to walk you through making something? I could really walk him through over the phone. Like that wasn't, that's an incredible thing. Wow. Um, that wasn't first I wouldn't trust him with a stove at one point so I wouldn't even do that but now the confidance was there where he was babe I can do this I'm capable I was like oh my gosh thank you like it was it was those small victories of like coming home and he would be downstairs doing laundry and I didn't even ask him to wow like what and what like I have this funny like because he didn't always remember who you were when, mm-hmm. when it was starting to discuss him going to your home, was he like, who the heck is this? Like, I'm not going to this nurse's house. <laughs> like, was it ever a conversation about should he go home to his parents' house? Or by the time he went home, did he know who you were? You girls are good. You guys are really good. Your oh. <laughs> These are really good questions because, either, and, and for me, I don't even think of those things, obviously, but... Um, that's a good point. So I reiterated every day who I was to him mm-hmm. in hope that something would click. So I'm not, and also I was given a tip by a nurse to put pictures up in his room. So I had a cork board in his room, a huge cork board, and I printed a bunch of pictures off some of, of him and I, some of us in the band, some of uh, him and his mom and his dad, his family. Um, just so that he could see that. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and hopefully it would, it would create a trigger of, of a memory. Yeah. Um, and I would go through, so I don't know where, if I heard it from somebody or if I read it somewhere, but one, another thing, a suggestion was to write our story. Like, a, like you would read a story, like write how we met oh. as a story and then read it to him or have him read it. Like so I would go there and I would sit there with him and I would, we would read it together and made it short, not too long um, to see if those connections could connect again. Um, and then hopefully 
it would cause him to ask a question, right? To confirm something he's thinking about, to make that connection, or just to pure curiosity, like maybe he's just curious about. So I am thinking that, and I am sure this is like with a lot of traumatic brain injuries and individuals who go through something like this with memory loss, there is an incredible amount of trust that is being put on me Mm -hmm. by him. Mm -hmm. He's entrusting me 100%, right, with details. So I made a very conscious decision to make things um, very chronological for him and not mess with the details because I didn't want to make this about me. I needed to make it about him. I'm a part of it, yes, but I am a small part of his story also. I'm not his whole story. So I really had to remind myself to put myself in check a few times because it's a sense. It's like, it's like a a child, right? I'm sure I'm not a parent, but I'm sure like with your child, when you're raising them, you want to give them a full life. You want to give them everything, right? Not just your agenda, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. give them something for themselves. And it was kind of like that for me. Like I really needed to give this opportunity for him um for trust as well and to him to know like it was really important for me that I did things and go about things the way I knew Darren would want me to yeah not the right. way I would want to because that was another fear I had I would have, I have this fear of like him waking up or snapping out of it and then him seeing the things and choices that I made while he was going through and going why did you do that yeah you know what I do I would never have wanted that you know yeah. that was that was something I, I, co- I consciously thought of. So that's so much pressure. Oh, like that. And I was kind of thinking funnily that do you think that he was like fact checking you with his mom? <laughs> oh, 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 for sure. I mean, he, it, although he didn't have um, his personality necessarily some points, he was still in there, the sneaky little bugger. Yeah. Because- <laughs> totally pull out Darren things. I would call them Darrenisms because he would say something. He'd go, mm, I don't know about that. Like, Why would I lie to you? He'd go, mm, I don't know about that. I'm like, what the heck? <laughs> and then I go, well, why? I go, you know what? You, you absolutely should ask your mother. Yeah. <laughs> If she was in the room and then she'd go, Darren, she's absolutely right. She's telling you the truth. And he'd look at me and go, sorry, babe, but I, you know, I just, I just needed to check that first before I. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my gosh. I just can't believe though. Like, I think your thought process is incredible, right? To, to know that he needs to know your story, but I think there, there would be kind of a, maybe a temptation to add some embellishments or something. I mean, hopefully not, but you never know, right? Like what your thought process would be, but to, for him to know, like, this was our story. This is how it went. And then to know that, right. You're not the only one in his story. He's got his friends. He's got the band. He's got his parents. Like it's just so much pressure though, to know that you have to say it in such a way that it's going to be, right I guess I don't know oh say it but yeah a hundred percent there were there were millions of times where I just I kept going like did I did I say that right did I get that right Mm -hmm. um you know watch what you say Trace because you know 
you don't want that to be this the one thing that he remembers and it was wrong or or it was it was the opposite like I mean like so in reality I kind of give people the um example of 50 first dates have you ever seen the movie 50 first dates yes so our life is like 50 first dates it's like pressing the reset button every single and and the thing is is it's even so much so now that he throughout the day will remember things that we did that day it's not all the time but there are moments where he'd be like uh so if we had like a chiropractor appointment in the morning and we went for breakfast and then we came home he as we got home he'd go so remember when i had that bacon at the restaurant i'd be like what wow at the restaurant he'd be like yeah oh my gosh it was so good we should find and then it would be like whoa he made a connection but then the next like the next day he won't remember anything that we did that day right again it's like the same questions so every conversation usually starts with babe can I ask you something and then it's yes sure and then it, it goes well first off what day is it and then we go through what I say is 2020 questions. He asks me the same questions. So it's what day is it? What year is it? How old am I? How old are you? How did we meet? What do I have to do today? Do I have any, do I, do, like, what's, what's my plan? He needs to have those stable questions answered first before we could have any other conversation. And he might ask them again, multiple times after he's already asked me. So he'll go through all his questions. I'll answer him. We'll start talking and then he'll, he'll cycle back. What year is it again? And so I told you, do you remember what I told you? No, I can't remember. And I'll tell him again. And then he'll go, okay. And how did we meet again? So like he'll cycle through every once in a while through those same questions. So I had to find a way, not a way. I had to dig for patience. Yes. <laughs> um, I would say that through that early on. Yeah. Uh-huh. For me, that was real one of the really hard things because life was starting to to um go on right like this is this this is our life now right so we are able to do things and travel and go places so how am i going to get through every day with these simple things like this mm-hmm. and then not weigh on me and not let them just eat away at my patience yes yeah. absolutely wow oh i mean I don't think I mentioned, um, I didn't mention, but we are married. So through the time he had the stroke and now we got married. So we decided to do a surprise backyard wedding. Um, And we surprised our family at a barbecue and just got married in in his parents' backyard. Um, And I had the, uh, a videographer um, hide cameras and record, get record the whole, the whole day. Um, and I know a lot of people get a videographer, you know, for lots of different reasons. But for us, obviously, it was strictly so that Darren could remember our wedding day. Wow. Um, I mean, wow. there wasn't a doubt in my mind that I wanted to marry him. But it killed me to know that things that we do, memories that we make, are strictly for me. You're yeah. not going to be him. And it used to, it used to really like weigh on me and I would get super emotional about it because I would be so scared that I'm living this life without him and he's just going along for the ride. And I thought like, how fair is that? And I'm making all these incredible memories and I don't have anyone to share them with, but 
he yeah. said he reminded me which he's incredible um for this but he he would constantly tell me like babe it doesn't matter about the memories we made it's about our the, the memories we can make now and what future we have lies ahead it, it doesn't matter about all of that who cares we're here together yeah. so I'm like, okay thanks for that reminder <laughs> like, um, what, oh. like how did how did the marriage come up like I guess I don't like yeah I, I don't even know what my question is like how did it come up that you guys decided to get married understanding his, where he was cognitively so without getting into too much nitty-grittiness but um being in the hospitals and being referred as Darren's fiance, Darren's fiance. And it was like, when are you going to get married? Or, Oh, I'm so sorry. I shouldn't ask that. That must be a difficult question. And like people feeling like they needed to step on eggshells. And it was like, you know what? I feel like I'm his wife. Yeah. And oh, like, yeah. It really matter about the fact that we're married or not. But I knew I wanted to spend the rest of my life with him. It was no question. And I think at this point and in no fault of anyone else's, um, especially his parents, I can only assume that fear of maybe doubt on their end about what my intentions were. Yeah. Like, yeah. is she going to stay? Is she going to leave? And no hardship either way. I'm sure they never put that pressure on me, but I'm sure it's crossed their mind a few times. Like, you know, she's not going to want to stay through this. Like who would want to? Mm -hmm. And not really knowing if what I was saying would, was to be true because I was saying like, there's no way I'm leaving. Like, that's not even a question. Don't even ask me. It was like, I almost got offended at some point. Yeah. Um, don't even ask me that, but I understood it overall. Um, it was a simple conversation that we had. Darren was home. His parents love camping and they had a trailer. It's stationed at a, at a trailer park and we would go and visit. And we were literally sitting around a fire and she said, you know, you guys just need to do it and just get married. And I thought, of course, being a typical, uh, a typical girl, a woman my age, I, I wanted a big wedding at one point um, before the stroke, obviously. And I, I could imagine all of these things that I wanted to take place. And in that, that moment, it was like, I just want to be his wife. Oh, I don't wow. care about anything else. I also... I just knew I needed the important people there, like my mom and my dad and my sisters, his parents. Like, so I couldn't think of a way to do it without a hurting people's feelings, but b making him and I our priority. And yeah, yeah. we have a family barbecue every year, so they it was it was his mom's idea to just why don't you just surprise everybody? My mom, my dad, and his mom and dad knew just for um, planning purposes, yeah. but they all came and. We snuck inside and I got my dress on, which was, I got off of a website for 99 bucks oh. and he got <laughs> and we walked outside and I had a pastor marry us in our backyard and it was perfect. Oh, it was wow. absolutely perfect. We played cornhole after we had drinks, we got changed into some comfy clothes, but we watch it and it's like, now he watches it going I remember that he now knows that I'm his wife. He now says like, we're married. And I, and I the ring on the finger helps too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're married. Yes. Yes. I have a ring on my hand. Oh, <laughs> wow. Yeah. I wanted to ask, what was his job prior to the stroke? So he worked for Ford Motor Company and he had been for 33 years. So he retired the month we, the month after we got married. Did he return to work? No. Oh. So thankfully enough, Darren was a very, among other things, responsible man. 
and very independent man, owned his own home. He took care of himself financially and made sure that, you know, he was very good with money. He had uh, put in a lot of years at Ford and he was able to go on sick, uh, they call it SNA or sick and accident, like a short-term disability sort of deal through work. Mm-hmm. And then when two years hit, it was kind of like, well, we can go, we can roll Darren over to long-term disability or he can retire and, re- and get a pension. And it just made sense at that point. We had no idea if Darren were ever going to be able to go back to work because of his memory problem. I mean, even today, if I ask him about work, he remembers. Actually, he'll even get up thinking in the morning he has to go to work. There are days where he still thinks that he was working oh. and that he's late for work. And he gets up and he rushes to the bathroom. I'm like, what are you doing? He goes, gotta go to work. I'm going to be late. Oh, oh You're retired. You're, oh, I am? Sweet. He gets back <laughs> in the <laughs> he, he, uh, We had made that decision it was a that was another hard hard day because I felt like I was taking away a privilege for him mm-hmm. I mean you put in that many years at a company and the day you retire is a day that of joy like it's an incredible accomplishment and I felt like I was making that for him but he was involved I made him involved in as much as in everything that I could possible he was there for everything I asked him like what do you want to do and he goes I just want to retire so we took a buyout and I mean, to be honest, he'd be making less on long-term disability than if he were to be at home working, um, getting, receiving a pension. Yeah. Right? Our longest standing joke is he started forward when I was born, which isn't a joke. It's true, but it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh God, you get a crack out of that. And to this day, when he asks me how old he is, and then I tell him, and then he asks me and I have to tell him how old I am. He's like, no crap. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. What, what is his like therapy like now? Does he have, you know, ongoing physical therapy, occupational therapy, things like that at like this far after the stroke? So there wasn't really anything traditional, so to speak with, with occupational therapy and physical therapy, the way they are here is he pretty much like graduated quote unquote, right. From those things as they, he got as much as he could and they could give him without just hanging up my hat on that. I had to get creative and we routinely, I was already seeing a chiropractor. I am a huge believer in the benefits of having a proper alignment and mm-hmm. that being a chiropractor. I mean, all of our nerves are connected to our spine. So when you're subluxated with Darren, one of the other things among his memory is his sleep. He sleeps chronically. And it's, it's hard for him. He doesn't even realize like he sleeps almost all day. He'll get up and eat, but the moment he doesn't know what to do, he goes back to bed. Wow. So, oh, and it's a struggle. So I know with what that can do to the body. Um, so I know how important and making sure alignment is there. Also, he, uh, we, we still continue to work out. I mean, that's a little limited only because of his range of motion, because he's in bed all day making, and then with COVID made it totally difficult so getting creative and just going for bike rides and walking is pretty much I mean I have a tiny I don't even want to call it a gym because that's embarrassing but (laughs) equipment at home that we can use but just working on like stretching and mobility is is really important and we did seek out and still see but 
obviously not since COVID, a neurologist, a functional neurologist, which is very, very insightful for us. Um, he works with the brain and has a device that he is able to, and I'm going to explain this, by way of the, the eyes, he has like these goggles where he can track what the brain is doing through what the eyes do. Because yeah, the eyes are true. telling the brain what to do, right? Yeah. He, we, when we found out about him, his name is Dr. Lemo in Windsor. Not only do I credit our chiropractor, but I also accredit Dr. Lemo 100% for Darren's more recovery and more progress that he's made just from the simple things of being able to see what parts of Darren's brain are lacking and not functioning the way they should and what he can provide us with visual therapy to bring that up and balanced again. That's where I started to see early on with Darren being home, the improvement in personality and behavior. Because although the behavior wasn't as extreme in the hospital, it was still there. So I'd come home and we'd be talking and all of a sudden he'd get frustrated with me and he'd just like yell. And it would be explicit words, so I can't repeat. But <laughs> he would say like, blah, 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 like swear, I'm like, what the heck? Why'd you, what's wrong with you? And then, and then he would start to cry again, right? Like it would be one of those. So it really leveled off his inappropriate comments. He was, <laughs> <laughs> and this is normal with stroke patients. And I didn't know this with, with, I shouldn't say stroke patients with brain injuries, we would be out and I would never know what's going to come out of his mouth. And it was another fear that I had being with him out, out in public. Oh, it was, no. He would say the most inappropriate things to to strangers oh. or say inappropriate things to me out loud oh, in front of no. people <laughs> oh my gosh it was like so embarrassing I felt like I wanted a tattoo across my head like my husband had a stroke don't blame me like, oh, no. <laughs> but seeing the not functional neurologist so having all that was required was an ipad and a nap literally wow and it was incredible. The crew were incredible. So it was, it was a lot of repetitiveness at the time. I didn't understand how I could do one more thing on our plate, but because routine was important for him and I just to function on a daily basis and me to juggle my work. I really thought adding one more thing to my plate was going to crush me, but it was, it only took five minutes. So in the morning, in the afternoon and at night, um, we would sit with him and we would do these visual uh, iPad exercise. So we did this for about a year and the level of progress, it was like mind blowing. That's incredible. So there's still more things that I want to seek out to help him. But at this moment, those are the main things that we do. And I just try, try to keep, keep routine. Routine is, is huge, especially for memory loss, right? I mean, yeah. repetitive routine is really helpful for someone like Darren yeah. in his situation. We all have to give ourselves grace in life, right? And I, I had to learn what that meant for me. I can't be perfect. I'm going to have bad days. He's going to have bad days. And not every day is going to be like the last. So I just have to take for what it is in that moment in today and just be okay with that as is. Yeah. How do you take care of yourself? Like men your yeah. mental health. I mean, you've gone through so much during all of this, right? Yeah. I First off, an amazing support system. It was hard in the beginning to reach out. But I learned quickly early on how much I had to reach mm. out. I didn't want to burden people and make people feel uncomfortable. Mm. That was my growing pain stage was how do I um, get support or comfort without feeling like I have to support that person supporting me? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Um, it, it was tricky, but 
to be honest, I knew because of our previous lifestyle and the way Darren and I, what we loved to do together, I knew I needed to carry that on for myself too. It gave me mental strength and mental release and clarity, um, keeping an active lifestyle. So you know what? The gym wasn't really an option for me at that point. I was living my life from hospital to work to home. So I started working out at home. Yeah. I started uh, figuring out what how to do that. I reached, I, I joined Beachbody. I started reading, trying to carve out some time in my day for just me. And it didn't matter what it, what I did or what it looked like. Maybe it was like watch a movie or have a bath. Uh, being alone seemed amazing in the beginning and in the end or sorry in the in the in, as time went on it, it, I, I realized it was becoming um, a crutch so knowing that it was okay to get out because getting out and having fun felt like guilty for me yeah, right for sure yeah. Just, yeah. life without Darren oh gosh it was a tremendous guilt so that took time and took patience but I would I would meet a friend for coffee or I would go after work with a couple co-workers to have a drink. And then I slowly started um, to understand that it's okay. It's necessary because I also had to know and remind myself too that this is my life. Yeah. Like I also have to live my life. Yes. And my life isn't all encompassing in Darren. Darren and I are a couple. And yes, this is what Darren's uh, story is right now, but this isn't in our entire story. Yeah. And not making his story mine was another tricky thing. Wow. That was really hard because I, I started to slowly start to forget things that I loved to do because the things when I do them, I would get so sad. Oh. And, you know, like singing. Oh God. I quickly, I did, I went up and did karaoke and cried on stage yeah. because I was singing without my husband, like without my partner. Yeah. And so I had that like, Oh God, I swear to God, it came from, it was like a movie where like I was blubbering up uh, at the microphone, like, <laughs> like oh. singing oh. And I can only imagine what patrons thought, like, who is this girl? What is she having a breakdown? <laughs> oh man. <laughs> I felt like that. I, it was, I, what you're saying resonated with me about not wanting to be a burden on other people. Like after losing my husband, I, I, I still have a hard time asking for help and feeling yeah. like my life is impeding on other people's lives that they didn't, you know, sign up for. And I'm like, it's such a difficult thing. And, and then also, you know, my husband and I used to watch movies all the time, all the time, movies and TV shows. I never wanted to watch a new movie after I lost him. Cause I'm like, what's the point? Like, what's the point of watching a movie if I don't have my like person here to enjoy it with, you know, and it's, it's just those little things that you don't really think about until, until it happens. We make attachments, don't we? We oh, make yeah. attachments in life with, with emotions and with, with memory. Like yeah. it's, it's unbelievable what our brains bring up and regurgitate in certain times when something happens, you're like, oh, I never knew that that was there. Or yes. That, I felt that way. And it triggers you, these triggers, I think. And by the way, I don't mean to not um, reflect on, I am really sorry to, uh, for you and how you, how you lost your husband. Oh, thank you so much. For me, I did the whole uh, game too, where I didn't sign up for this. Like I'm, th I was 30, 33 years old and getting engaged and I'm taking care of my husband now. Yeah. Who's had a stroke and can't remember who I am. What? Now yeah. we want kids. I, we wanted a family. I'm a believer and, and not that it matters if anyone else is, but I do have a, a strong uh, faith and belief in my God and, and just having to surrender a bit at times too, to saying, 
you know what, I have to start reminding myself things are happening for me, not to me. Yeah, that was a huge one. I kept saying that these are all it's all it's always happening to me. And this has happened to me. And this has happened to me. And why does this keep happening to me? And you know what, I had started had to look that this is life and life does happen to everyone. Yeah. And I have yeah. to start looking at how is it happening for me? And not to me. That's what gave me or has helped me um, get some clarity and, and some solace in just knowing that um, there are positives. You know, I have to look at the growth I've made. Mm-hmm. Um, I never thought I was a patient person. And I, and I used to think if I ever had children, I would be horrible mother because I'm so impatient. And I think God maybe has brought Darren to me to teach me how much of a patient person I am. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> that I am more capable of things that I uh, ever realized and looking for the possibilities in the tragedies. Yeah, absolutely. I think we have to like give ourselves that grace. Like I mentioned about, you know what? There are horrible, hard days and not every day is positive and not every day do I want to get out of bed. But if I maybe get up and I brush my teeth, that might be my win for the day. And that is okay. Yeah. Because there, there is no rule book on life and there's no answer to what it has to look like. But I also know that if I allowed myself to spend all my days feeling sad and sorry for myself, that it was never, it, w- it wouldn't be a life I would, I would want to live. Yeah. And it, Darren didn't want that for me either. I mean, mm-hmm. yes, I'm so grateful that I still have him here with me. Is he the same person? No, he isn't the same person. I met, I mean, he's different. Yeah, And it used to make me really sad. And, and, and you know what, I'm not going to feel shameful for saying this because it's, it's my truth, but, and, and I'm sure there's people out there that can relate, but used to think like, I didn't marry him for, for this person. I, I married, I wanted to marry that guy. Yeah. The guy, the guy I met, like the guy that knew me, that the guy that had the spontaneous side to him and confidence side to him and independent and just all of that. And is that still there? I'm sure there are, there are moments where he's, he shows it to me, but it's, it's not his reality every day. I get the, it's almost like a childlike uh, sense to him and, and very innocence uh, about him, but he's still there. And it, I, I, it's almost like mourning someone who isn't gone. Yeah. yeah. It was, it was kind of, and it, I know that sounds so weird. No, I, know, that, I, know. I think with, yeah, that's like a real thing. I would never want to, lose him but it was like how do I know how to mourn somebody that's still here how do you do that well and I also think it's so important to say things like that because there can be so much guilt in you know thinking I like you said I I signed up to marry the other guy you know like and to feel like kind of ashamed to say something like that like that's not that shouldn't be a shameful thing it's it's the truth. And I, you know what, and I, and I, I commend you uh, both and this podcast just because you are having these hard conversations with people that have been through hard things and you've gone through hard things yourself. I mean, these are the yeah. things we all think about. Wow. Well, 
Thank you for sharing your incredible story with us. Thank you, girls, so much. Oh, oh my you. gosh. I see every at the end of every episode, I just feel like, did we just make a new friend? <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. I'm already stalking you. Oh my god. <laughs> Tracy, well, thank you so much. Enjoy the rest of your day and we'll talk to you really soon. Thank you, Carling. Thank you, Michelle, so much for having me. Thank you. You awesome. have a great day. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye. I cannot calm down. Um, oh, my voice is all oh, shaky no, now. Don't cry. I just started coughing. <laughs> I choked on my water. Oh, sad. Tracy, my God, thank you so much for being on our podcast. Yes. And just for being like a really rad human. She's amazing. I watch her yoga videos. She yeah. does like a time lapse of doing yoga. I think she's really doing it that fast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, girl, it has inspired me. I organized my room so that I have a space and I'm going to start doing yoga. That's awesome. I love it. Yeah. I'm not going to film it. One time and you made me go and it was hot yoga and I almost died. I am so sorry. It was not good. When things open up, you and I are going to try yoga. Uh We'll film it. Oh, God. Okay. (laughs) Um, We'll just both wear like GoPros and film each other. Yeah. Dr. Quinn teaches yoga. Dr. Quinn. So maybe we'll do one of her classes when things open back up. She should do a private lesson with us. She does do private lessons. (laughs) Oh, my God. Dr. Quinn, if you're listening, please come and do a private lesson with us. Okay. Thank you so much for listening. I've said it once. I'm going to say it every episode. Uh, Find us on all the social medias at I Did Not Sign Up For This. Uh Join us on Patreon. If you join by February 5th, you're going to be entered into a draw to win our merch. Um, so also check up, check up, check out. I did not sign up for this dot CA and, uh, I don't know, spread the word guys, leave us a review. We, you know, our goal for 2021 is to continue to grow and be better and get bigger and get more listeners, you know, all that, all the good things. So please do that. That would be lovely. And next week, our episode is bonkers. Yeah. We interview a girl from Manitoba named Mm -hmm. Bree and she was in a, a horrific severe, yeah. car accident just this past yeah. year yeah and um she's amazing yeah yeah we're gonna post some photos that she shared with us mm-hmm. of it and it is a wild story get ready to be inspired yeah so that's gonna come up next tuesday mm-hmm. so stay tuned enjoy the rest of your week okay bye toodles bye <laughs>